But uh, he goes on here. But Pastor Fox did not look like his voice sounded like, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. leads to the question, what did you think he looked like? <laughs> yes, that's what we want to know. I really don't know if I could tell you, but probably a little less skinny. <laughs> and he has so one of those laughing emojis here. <laughs> so, so how heavy do I sound? <laughs> You're listening to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm your host, Daniel Fox, here with my great friend, Tom Balsamo. How are hey. you, Tom? Good. Doing Good. well. Yeah, it's great to be great to be back. And um, yeah, a little and, bit of a hiatus there. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. It, uh, it's uh, and kind of getting to the end of a crazy summer, and which it's kind of always somewhat typical of summers to be kind of crazy like that. And I love routine, um, mm. and so to get back to yeah, just like reestablishing some things. I was telling you just a minute ago, it sort of feels like the new year again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like we're starting over in a way, which is nice. Yeah, fresh start. Yes, I have a I have a question kind of burning in my mind, but I'm not going to get to it yet, and I don't even know if I'll get to it because as I look at our list, I'm like, oh goodness, we have we have all kinds of feedback. It looks like or, yes. or administrative things to tell about. But before we get to that, I want to thank our patrons, uh, those who support this podcast over at Patreon.com/slash/ReasonTogether. That's Patreon.com/slash/ReasonTogether. And uh, those who uh, have gone there and signed up to support us on, a, uh, on an episode-by-episode basis at various tiers, and the uppermost is the elite level, and they have access to the after show, the bonus episode that we have. And so if anybody's listening and you say, yeah, you know, I've appreciated this and I'd like to jump on board, that's patreon.com slash reason together. But thank you all those who already uh, support us and back us and help us in that. Yes, and speaking of patrons, our new patron for this week is uh, Ashton. Ashton came on board as a patron, so welcome to yes. Ashton. It's good to have you uh, along with us. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for jumping on board, Ashton. Yep. Um, we have some feedback here from a couple of episodes ago. Okay. Uh, you remember we hit our, our 100th episode, and we have yes, feedback yes. from both episode 99 and 100. Uh, and this is from one of our patrons, and uh, it's it's from, uh, who's this one from? Okay, this is from Jake. Okay, this is from patron Jake. I really enjoy your podcast, and I'm sorry I don't give more feedback. <laughs> that seems very hey. self-referencing here, reading it in feedback. <laughs> um, I recently took a road trip to Michigan and Missouri from Washington State, during which time I caught up and listened to most of the back podcasts. I still have 1 through 15 to go through, I believe. Now, I just had to jump in at this point and say, Jake, thanks so much for listening to all of the... I mean, that's pretty amazing that you've mm -hmm. made it through, like, what, 85, 85 episodes. But I'll just have you know that in those early days, we did talk longer, yeah. and it kind of evolved into a shorter episode eventually. Yeah. But at the first, we were kind of, you know, just striking out. It was new to us. And so you're yeah. going to launch into some longer uh, episodes there. Yeah, and we had a quite a different format, too, at the beginning. So... Um, Anyway, Jake goes on. As I was driving, I thought numerous times of things I would like to say, but it was difficult to write them down while cruising 70 to 80 miles per hour. Anyway, on episode 99, I really enjoyed your discussion regarding funerals and what do you say to grieving people. Ah, uh -huh, yes. I have spent the last eight years a volunteer chaplain with our local sheriff's office and have responded to well over 100 death scenes. Wow. <clears throat> um, a few wow. rules I try to live by. Never tell a lie to the family. Mm, yes. Yeah. 
Um, which you'd wonder, what kind of lie would you tell when somebody's grieving? He gives an example here. Yep. Example. Chaplain uh, is, is my loved one in heaven? <clears throat> the, the world might say the kind of thing to, the kind of thing, let me start that over. The world might say <laughs> the kind thing to do is to assure them their loved one is in heaven. But I don't see it as kind if it's not true. Amen to that. Um, mm-hmm. I might go on to All start right. a conversation, something like this. I don't know your loved one, but the Bible teaches salvation is available to everyone. I believe that Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. Sometimes people don't know what to say, so they say nothing at all. I try to never give a reason as to why the tragedy may have happened, but let them know I am there because I care and offer to pray for them and with them. That's a major point right there. Don't offer a reason why they were taken. Yeah. Well, God, you know, God must have needed them more than you did or, um, you know, or, well, you know, we all know that, you know, he was resisting God and God finally Mm. took him. Yeah. (laughs) I I would maybe go one step further and not even suggest that there is a reason. I mean, we all know there is a reason, right? We know that. Why why even dive into that? You know how sometimes, sometimes folks might say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, what, what, <laughs> you're not giving the reason, which is good, no, it, but you're reminding them that there's there's a reason for this, which um, who knows what that is. I don't even think that's a helpful thing to say. You know, oh, yeah, everything happens it's for sort a reason. Of, it's sort of a truism. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, um, the sun comes up every day. Okay. Um, yeah. But well, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Everything happens for a reason. It's just sort of like naming a basic fact yeah. of nature. <laughs> That's uh, and you know, it's well, well, it's one of those true things to say. It may not always be good to say. Um, it, it's kind of one of those sayings that's maybe often equated with people who are, uh, as the term is, oversaved. <laughs> have, have you heard that saying before? No. How someone no, is explain. oversaved. I mean, obviously, when you're saved, you're saved. You're not more than saved or less than saved. You're saved. Um, but you know, some folks where, you know, no matter what you say to them, you could be talking about, you know, the hamburger you had for lunch. They have to have a response that sounds like some sort of Christian bumper sticker. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. You know, um, they've been referred to, uh, by someone as oversaved. I've heard that before. Oversaved. Wow. Okay. It just sounds like something they would say, well, everything happens for a reason. Um, okay. Yeah. They have to have some kind of, uh some some statement that kind of sounds sage you know yeah to say yeah kind of yeah sage or spiritual yeah um anyway jake goes on here and he says i think in most cases if you show up to a friend's house in this situation not many words are needed but but let know you are there you are there because you care this seems like it is always a safe thing to say Also, as I'm responding, I always pray for wisdom and humility. God already knows everything about the situation and is probably already at work. I just want to fit into what God is doing. Thank you for your continued content. And that is from Jake, an assistant pastor. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, appreciate that, Jake. It's very good. uh, Yeah, he has a unique role there. In a, he said like a um, chaplaincy isn't quite the right word I'm looking for. Is it? Or is it? Yeah. Yeah, he said uh, he's a chaplain. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's good. Yeah, and uh, while we're uh, on the Jake train here, um, <laughs> let's. Uh, he's got another bit of feedback here from episode 100. 
Okay. <laughs> and I, I got a kick out of this. This is good. Uh, he says, so I listened to the entire podcast and enjoyed it. But what really threw me for a loop was when I watched it on YouTube. Because <laughs> you remember, that was our first <laughs> ever and possibly only ever <laughs> video podcast. Uh, he says, my wife and I watched it together. It was so strange to finally put faces to the voices I feel I am so familiar with. I had seen I... photos of Pastor Balsamo. My wife tells me we were friends on Facebook, but I almost never check it. Uh, also, Rosa is my cousin. That's that's my wife. Um, <clears throat> Rosa is my cousin, which I got to meet at a camp before I got saved. So um, my, my wife has lots of cousins. Um, so... Yeah, Just, so even though there's a relation, it's it's been a long time since they've yes, seen each other, obviously. That's okay. correct. Yep. I'm pretty sure I have met Jake in person in the past. Okay. I'm almost certain of it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so so we know each other and, and are, I guess, are kind of weirdly distantly related uh, by marriage. Yeah. Um, but uh, he goes on here, but Pastor Fox did not look like his voice sounded like, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. leads to the question... What did you think he looked like? <laughs> yes, that's what we want to know. I really don't know if I could tell you, but probably a little less skinny. <laughs> and he has so one of those laughing emojis here. <laughs> so, so how heavy do I sound? <laughs> Does that? I wonder if that means maybe I sound skinny to people on the podcast. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, I hope I'm not offensive, but I have listened no. to you guys for hours while on uh, a walk or driving in a car, and I feel like I know you guys very well, yet we have never even had a conversation. Uh, oh, no, God, that's not offensive at all. Not no. offensive. No, no, I, we're, no. I'm glad to hear the feedback. Yeah, um, and if you would like to picture me with like a head of white hair, you know, nicely done, and, you know, maybe a 48 waist down to a 32, 48 chest down to a 32 waist or something like that. You know, picture, <laughs> picture me like that. But anyway, he, he says, by the way, this episode had great content and was very organized. You see what he did Ding. there? Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, my wife is the academic advisor at our Christian school and has always said if we had to homeschool, we would have to have a start time, a specific place and a dress code. I really yeah. enjoyed getting to finally put a face with the voices in my head. Keep it up. <laughs> um, wow, I never thought I'd be a voice in somebody's head. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that, that might be creepy to some. Um, good. So thank you, Jake, for, for all that feedback. Appreciate it very much. Um, but, yeah, especially scary when the voice in your head becomes a black belt. <laughs> Dangerous things might start to happen. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got some more feedback. Um, we've got a lot of feedback today. Yeah. Do we want to continue with that? Um, um, yeah, I guess we could go ahead and just run with it. So it okay. doesn't get too old on us. Um, this is from one of our Tims. Um, we have <laughs> we have two patrons who are first name Tim, uh, which there'll be an int a funny thing about this letter that you'll see in a second. Um, this is from, from Tim, uh, one of our patrons, he says, in regard to the mask debate, I believe that Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 do make obeying the government a good reason to wear a mask. Human government is ordained by God, and only God's word can override it. I personally don't think that masks are necessary or even beneficial, but I will wear one if I am in a public place where it is required. If the government attempts to enforce something like this in the church or the home, that violates biblical teaching. 
but a public setting is different. I believe we should obey all laws that do not conflict with Scripture, even if they seem ridiculous. Thanks for having reasonable discussions about these issues. It gives my family and I a chance to start meaningful conversations. Regards. Uh, and, and he signs it, Tim V., the other patron Tim, not the one that submitted the question. You can call me Second Timothy if you want. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Timothy. This, uh, this, this is so Second Timothy. <laughs> I, 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 I know this Tim uh, personally. And okay. uh, <laughs> that, that joke sounds that, that joke sounds like Tim. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good nickname for you. Thank you. He, 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 he must know my humor. Mm. <laughs> um, now, before we respond to that feedback, shall mm. I read the feedback from uh, the other sure. Tim? <laughs> because it's yeah. it's about the same thing, and okay. it, it may include a counterpoint here. Um, okay. Because we talked about masks, mask wearing. <clears throat> and, then I, and remind me, don't let me forget... Um, I have some resources available on that subject. Um, don't yes, let me forget yeah. to mention that. Right, okay. Um, this is from the other Tim, First Timothy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> says, Thomas and Daniel, great discussion on the masks. Thanks. It helped put into words and principles some of the thoughts that I had been having as well. It is becoming more and more apparent to me that the vital <clears throat> need that we be spirit-led both as we navigate these debates and as we determine the circumstances and needs of those to whom we minister uh, here's something to think about in reference to your point about civil disobedience and the legitimacy slash illegitimacy of authority. Would you offer the same conclusions to Christians living in China or under any other oppressive regime? I think when Christians raise these questions about human government and develop principles by which to live, we have to be careful to consider whether the principles still stand the test of application outside the American experiment of government. Mm. <clears throat> um, he, he did say, by the way, in this letter, full disclosure, he said no need to consider this as follow-up <laughs> or a continuation of the mask debate. Um, but, hey, if you yeah, send it in, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to use it. Um, <laughs> but thank you for that, uh, Tim. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting, interesting thoughts. So considering the feedback from First Timothy and Second Timothy, what, uh, what do we have? Well, you know, I will, I will tell you, you know, honestly, it has been, uh, it has still been a difficult issue for me to just kind of, uh, to, to navigate mentally because it, to me, it's like right on that razor's edge because mm -hmm. if they said, um, if they said, okay, you have to give your child a vaccine or something <clears> like that. <throat> Uh, then you feel like, oh, I might legitimately deal, be dealing with a safety issue, or that's my family, that's that's my role. Or if they say, you know, you can't go to church, you know, which some people are dealing with that, but it, that is a separate question. But when they say, you have to wear a mask, okay, it seems kind of benign, and it, yeah, well, I mean, is that really, you know, I mean, it just seems, because in some ways it's insignificant, and uh, and it's maybe just a matter of inconvenience, and so then you really struggle. Well, what, do, do I have to make this a big issue? But um, but going to part, you know, part of it when we talked about in our uh, in our episode when we talked about it, it's not just a um, like 
like biblically, I can't do this. Now, your recent reason, if I remember correctly, basically you were saying, uh, <clears throat> and one of the conclusions was it's not so much about the mask itself. Right. It's about what the mandate is doing specifically to the church culture. And yeah. so in your mind, because it was it. creating— Okay, because it was creating disunity within the church, that's a problem become, that becomes a problem, you know, of a spiritual nature. Then in that way, then you say, I have to resist this because of the effect it's having on the churches. Um, I, I would, um, you know, say that, yeah, there's a spirit, maybe a spiritual prong to it. There is a—but even outside of Scripture, and yet in the same way it is still inside of the scriptural realm, is a constitutional mm-hmm. prong to that that um, I guess the question is, can I ever resist government um, to say, well, government is ordained of God, and unless they you know, resist the Scriptures or you know, contradict the Scriptures? Well, I guess my question would go back to, um, are they contradicting Scriptures by uh, overstepping their constitutional bounds? I mean, are they in mm-hmm. some way illegitimate in their authority, which ultimately comes from God, and does God yeah. ever authorize someone to do something wrong? Well, you know, mm. so then you have to decide, well, do they, do they have the constitutional right to even make that? And, and um, yeah. you know, I don't, so, I mean, again, it sort of seems like a tedious line for me sometimes. Um, sure. But to say, you know, what, what if they just keep, you know, a little bit by a little bit by a little bit, they keep yeah. encroaching. There has to be a line somewhere where we say, no. You don't have that authority to say that, um, right? You know. So yeah. anyway, the, the whole thing helps, gets me. But to me, it is. It is a. It's they've. It's like they've placed it almost in the perfect spot to say, "Oh, we're not. We're not over. You know, we're not crossing over the family line. We're not crossing over the church line." Although some places are, but um, you know. So it's like, yeah. ah, should I really come down on that? What's your take? Yeah. Well, there's a you said it today, but it was also something you said in that episode where we talked about masks, mm-hmm. um, and it was a statement that that it got me thinking. And I'm not I'm not sure. I don't disagree with it. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to say I disagree with it, but it, it makes me nervous. The statement that says <clears throat> I can disobey this because I feel like it goes too far coming from a government who has made its authority illegitimate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if the government can make its authority illegitimate, how does that not then make it open season for Christians to do whatever they want? If a Christian says, I don't feel like wearing a seatbelt today, but yet we have a click it or ticket law here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, can I just tear up that ticket and, and throw it on the ground and say, you know, you've overstepped your authority because the government here is illegitimate. Uh, in other words, where do you put the boundary then? And and, and that makes me nervous um, to, mm-hmm. to think that if, if we can illegitimize governmental authority, then that makes it open season to just do whatever you want. However, that then the counterpoint to that is really the Christian's uh, priority in government is self-government. Right? Yes. Well, that that would be one priority, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the principle of governing, okay? Yes. Is that I shouldn't Start, live— starts with you. Yeah, I shouldn't live a life where I have to be governed. I should be living yeah, a life right. where I govern myself under God, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we had a government in this nation that, for instance, said, you know what, we're going to go and just 
we're not going to have any law here, and, and we're just going to let everybody do whatever they want. Okay, extreme scenario here. I know it would never happen. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't say never. But um, let's say there were no laws, okay? Then there becomes a secondary governing factor in which I govern myself, okay? Does that make sense? And yeah, the, sure. And the Christian should be the one that says, okay, in the absence of law, I will govern myself, meaning right. I'm the base layer here is self-government. That's what's beneath here, beneath government, the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and if I step out of self-governing myself, then the government steps in. That's kind of the way right. it, it yes. typically works. So, so based on that principle that, that there is underlying self-government, if the government above me is, as you say, illegitimate, does that not give us then the ability to say, no, I'm going to govern myself on this matter? Well, sure. And that's why I think there, there is some truth to what you're saying. As nervous as the statement makes, maybe it's just the way it's worded, but, um, but yeah, a Christian, if, if they deem that this governmental order should be disobeyed, the responsibility of the Christian is to govern themselves under God, um, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, yeah. and the Bible makes no statement about the morality of mask wearing. Um. Yeah. It only makes the statement about the morality of obeying government. Right? Yes. Well, yeah, right. Which right. which ultimately primarily involves me governing myself first. That's that's the that's the higher in a sense the higher government <laughs> in a sense is that I govern myself. Hmm. Right? Um cuz if I don't, I, don't I totally if if right, I don't, that's that's what creates big government. Yes, I see. Yeah, it, that's more important, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And and to, to go back to a founding father's remark that essentially, you know, our government is made for a self-governing people. Yeah. And so when one breaks down, the other breaks down because, uh, all the, you know, if people won't control themselves, how do you control them? Right. You know, now you have to kind of come up with these outlandish means to, yeah. you know, if, you know, physically or literally restrict them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, and we are, and, and so it, it is a, yeah, you know, people could debate this line, you know, where and in what issues, you know, the seatbelt law and this law and this law. Uh, and there are means of appeal yeah. built into the system. You know, they may not always be as effective as we want them to be. Uh, but, you know, on the on the House floor, on the Senate floor, yeah. they'll debate things, obviously. Sure. You know, saying this is the merits of it. This is the merits against, or this is the, you know, the, the liability of it. Should Should this thing even pass? And then... You know, then the majority obviously yeah. uh, rules in what's going to be what's going to be the law. Yeah, I, um, I do think you gave really good examples in the last episode of instances where Jesus disobeyed authority. Um, mm-hmm, though, if mm-hmm. I remember right, it was primarily religious authority that he was disobeying, um, which would have been the the scribes and the Pharisees, and uh, essentially the. The Judaism yes, of true. their day, <clears throat> um, true. Which the Judaism of Jesus' day was not the Judaism that we might say the Lord Himself founded. <laughs> right. It, it right. was a different thing. It had morphed into a monster uh, right. that but, really no one could bear the burdens of. So He disobeyed the, it. The principle. I mean, while He still said, "Yes, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, pay your taxes," you know, go, you know, w- w- things like that. 
there's still, I feel like, somewhat of a parallel, even though it was in a religious sphere, because there was a law, mm-hmm. you know, and, and by their law or their tradition, which they sort of perceived in a legal way, yeah. um, you know, you're <clears throat> violating tradition or you're violating the law. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, so when they roll the corn in their hands, they don't have washed hands. And, and he would just sort of counter on them, say, well, what about this? What yeah. about that? And 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 it, and it wasn't a total snub, you know. It wasn't just like I'll do what I want to do, like you know, you know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna live and be free, you know. No, yeah. he would actually he would point out the inconsistency of the law, yeah, or uh, their own inconsistency right. in practice, you know. So I mean, it was actually a reasoned debate in a sense, um, yeah, because he was actually giving a reason back. Sure. Well, how often had he said to them, "Have you not read the scriptures?" <laughs> <laughs> the, the foundation of your very law. Right, exactly, which is kind of goes to your point that their authority, if they had any at all as the religious leaders, should have come from Scripture. Um, it should have been based on scriptural wisdom, and it wasn't. <laughs> and that's exactly mm, yes. what Jesus was exposing. Right. So this law yes. is not founded on scriptural wisdom, so I'm going to disobey it. <laughs> Now, I would have to go back to the mask-wearing thing and say, at least for for my sake, if somebody decides to wear a mask, I'm not saying that they're wrong. Correct, yeah. Now, I I believe the science isn't behind it, and the mask is basically useless, but I don't think that they're morally wrong, like they're sinning for wearing the mask. Right. so I just want that to be yeah. known. It's not like we're we're staking out one position is absolutely right and the other position is absolutely wrong. Right. Well, we had delineated reasons why it could be wrong in that episode. Um, uh, at the end, that was a good summation, too. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's not because wearing a mask is morally wrong, but if someone's reasons yeah. for it are morally wrong, then wearing a mask, in a sense, becomes wrong. If you're wearing it yeah. out of out of pride, Fear. in other words, I'm yep, signaling pride. my virtue that I'm wiser and more responsible than you. <laughs> So I'm going to wear a mask, even if you don't. Uh, the reason of pride makes it an ungodly thing to wear a mask. Um, or uh, what was some of the other reasons we gave? Um, fear. Fear. Uh, fear of men. Yes. Fear of men. Mm-hmm. Yes. What if someone? What if someone sees me? What are people going to think of me? Um, yeah. What are people going to say about me? The fear of man bringeth a snare. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, so we. You can go back and listen to that episode if you want. Uh, we gave, I think, five reasons why wearing a mask can become an ungodly thing if your reasons are ungodly. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. I do agree with you uh, as far as the masks not really being helpful uh, much, if at all. And mm-hmm. I had said that in our last episode. One of our listeners, uh, who is a, a friend of mine, uh, emailed me personally and asked for the resources, the citations, where I got my information from. So, And, and, and then you wrote an article on it, didn't you? I, I did. Are, are you, I, I did. Okay. I, I provided him with my resources in the email, and I thought, you know what? Why don't I just um, combine this into a blog post? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've never been over to my blog, which most people haven't, <laughs> uh, it's uh, thomasbalsamo.com. Uh, I have an article there, Mask Wearing, uh, a Medical Professional in Ministry. Because um, a lot of people would assume that I would be on the side of wearing masks because I'm a medical professional, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact is, I would be if the data was more in support of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really just surprised at how many people just blindly 
wear the masks. Um, many of the packages that the masks come in say right on them that they're ineffective at stopping the spread of viruses. <laughs> um, this, the, wow. Yeah, and, and a lot of the resources in the article, I'm not going to go over it all. You'll have to go there and read it, thomasbalzamo.com. I provide links to uh, multiple sources, and I'm not talking conspiratorial sources. I'm talking about the very sources, uh, some of which are now claiming that mask wearing helps. These same exact sources just a few years ago were claiming definitively that they do little to nothing at stopping the spread of viruses such as the common cold or influenza. Without Um, any evidence to the contrary in the meantime. Yeah, there's really no new evidence that the masks are helping. So what Mm -hmm. changed? If the data didn't change, if the research didn't change, why is it these organizations that used to say the masks don't really do much if anything, why are they now saying they help? With no new research, and, they're saying they help. That should be concerning. A quick, a quick clarification on a couple things, because people might be going, what, why don't you believe? And I'd say there's two things. Number one, to clarify, they'd say, well, you wear masks in your medical profession. Number one, that's a different kind of mask, right? It's a different there's kind of mask. A, a high-quality mask that they use in, say, surgical environments. Yeah, and it's for a different reason. Um, Most people don't know the difference between airborne precautions, contact precautions, and droplet precautions. Um, Meaning by droplet precautions, if I sneeze or I somehow kind of... Spit or snot. Spittle comes out of my mouth. Spit or snot. (laughs) Spit or snot. Comes out in a liquid form. Yeah. Then then some things are carried that way. Yeah, and masks are great for for preventing droplet spread things. Right, sure. But what they're saying is that, that COVID... And I'm so so tired of talking about it. Uh, is yeah, that it is mostly airborne. It can be droplet, but it is mostly airborne, uh, spread around by air conditioning units in small spaces when people are Which close means together. If you're breathing, if you're breathing, you're spreading air. Mm-hmm. You're, if you put a mask on, you're not containing your breath to your mask and breathing it all back in again, although maybe you are breathing in some more carbon dioxide, well, which isn't helpful either. Well, I mean, the point is that the, the, vir- the viral particles themselves are smaller than the micron mesh of the mask uh, in most so cases. So you literally, you, they could be breathing it right through the mask. Yeah, yeah, unless they're using one of those high-quality N95s and they've been fit-tested for it and they haven't been touching it, um, most of which people don't do. Um, right. <clears throat> but I so mean, you look, put a balaclava or a, yeah. or a handkerchief over your mouth. No good. No, no good. Even the surgical masks themselves are not effective against stopping airborne spread viruses. Yeah. Um, but you can look at I, I even included quotes in the article. Um, go, go to the website, thomasbalzama.com. Look at all the quotes. Look at all the links. Save it as a resource. Share it with your friends, because most people are hearing that the masks are a definitive science that they do something. And that is absolutely not the case, and you're not hearing about that. If you're getting your information from the news media, you're probably mistaken. (laughs) If you're getting your information even from the Department of Public Health, you're probably getting wrong information. Um, This is information that was available publicly. It's it's from high-quality sources, sources that people are citing right now uh, today. Um, It's not a conspiratorial thing. It's not. It's just something you're not hearing much about. Now, can I transition into a question that I've had yes. here in the last few days? Please take us uh, off the subject of masks and COVID. <laughs> um, and for those uh, who unfortunately don't get the bonus, the after show, I'm just going to give them a little tease of what we talked about. Because I 
enjoyed our discussion as we as we went into that after show. We began to talk about expertise mm. um, because you know we have medical experts and and why. I'm more leery of them sometimes. And so you were asking some good, you know, kind of kickback questions, and I was clarifying. And anyway, that was a neat discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of bringing into the realm of expertise, I want to I broaden that uh, out for you. Um, and it started, well, I won't even say how it started. Let me just ask the question. On, on the concept of expertise, first of all, how, because I have a, couple, a few questions here. But I think the later ones are going to be affected by this first question, and that would be, what makes one an expert? Hmm. Um, and not to be overly pedantic, uh, but I suppose any kind of qualification for expertise in something is ultimately arbitrary. It's decided mm-hmm. by someone okay. somewhere that in order to be an expert in X— You have to do this proficiently. You have to demonstrate knowledge in this, this, and this uh, with excellence, uh, and so on. They're they're decided by somebody somewhere. Man-made decisions as far as expertise. It is subjective because ultimately, and again, not to be overly pedantic, really the only expert is God. (laughs) Um, Because if if I if I'm trying to think like if I'm trying to think like Daniel. I wonder if where you're going with this is that ultimately experts are not infallible. Um, That was um, not. It's maybe not exactly the direction I was going uh, actually. But so so to to go back to the expert. That's right. (laughs) Because I mean I know that was sort of the maybe more the tenor of the discussion in the after show last time, but I really am going a different direction with it uh, on a very personal, practical level about expertise. But just starting off with what does it mean to be an expert? Um, And I mean, I mean, we're talking, I'm not just talking about medical where, you know, you say, well, he's a mechanical genius, you know, or he's a legal expert or a religious expert, or he's a historical expert. You know what? I would say that it's probably based and I'm going off the cuff here on someone's ability to demonstrate, and I think that's the important thing, is that it's not just a claim, it's demonstrable, that Mm -hmm. they have some sort of experience or knowledge that surpasses common experience and knowledge on a subject. Hmm, okay, okay. And that's an interesting, uh, uh, I like that you say it passes the common knowledge. So obviously, the level of skill is above the average, is above average. Correct. And I would go as far to say well above average. Okay. Um, I would probably, uh, and and I don't necessarily disagree with that, I would say basically it has to involve uh, knowledge and or experience. Um, So so someone who has experience by doing something repeatedly and having learned from it, or they've read a lot more on a subject, and so they have more knowledge, again, like you say, above the common knowledge, Mm -hmm that makes them capable to speak on the field you know, or to speak yeah. on that subject uh, as, say, an expert. Um, so my question has been kind of to myself personally here in the last couple of weeks. Um, does God want everybody to be an expert at something? Um, and, and, and let me draw it back. In other words... If a man is just, uh, as the saying goes, a jack of all trades yeah. and a master of none, mm-hmm. is that wrong or is that ungodly? 
should should everyone have an expertise in something? Uh, my instinct is to say no. Not okay. everyone has to have an expertise in something. Um, I think it's okay to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Um, I I do think there is some scriptural principle to merit the idea that whatever I do, I should do it to the glory of God with excellence, to the best of my knowledge and ability, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, so whether that's 50 different things, if you're doing them all to the best of your ability for the glory of God, I think that meets the same criteria as someone who chooses one. So that's so let me, so what would glorify God is not to have uh, more ability than someone else, but merely to do what I do the best I can, yeah, with the think, best of my ability. I think that's fair, because, I mean, not everyone is gifted uh, with the ability to be a scholastic genius or mechanically inclined or, <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. physically coordinated. Not everybody has the same gifting uh, from God. Mm-hmm. Now, what about that idea of gifting? Wouldn't we say that everybody has a spiritual gift of some sort or is gifted by God uh, in some way? I think that's fair. Okay. But I, but I don't think that would necessarily lend to expertise, meaning as we read of the body concept in 1 Corinthians or Romans, um, I think it is, um, mm-hmm. to say, okay, everybody has some way that they fit into the body and a function that they fill that not everybody fills, right? And and they have something, but I don't know that we would necessarily equate that with expertise. Um, not in as every much case. As that, yeah, right. But it's simply that if I am submitted to the Lord and and following Him, um, doing things to the best of my ability by His grace, then I'm glorifying to Him, though I may never be perceived as an expert. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's neat. That's neat. Um, to go back to the idea of expertise, then. Um, does being an expert, if if you are an expert at something, um, does it mean that others should listen to you? Mm. Do they have an obligation as mature people to listen to you if you're an expert? I don't know that there's an obligation uh, necessarily. Okay. Um, I do think in some cases there should there should be more weight given to someone who has demonstrable expertise knowledge. And experience in something. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's certainly worth giving more weight to what they say than to your other friend who might have no expertise in that area. But, but there's no obligation. Expert, yeah, so being an expert doesn't <clears throat> carry innate authority. No, because ultimately we're all fallible. Um, but I wouldn't use the word authority. I would say weight. Okay, weight. Uh, and I would my, the the concept that's ringing in my mind is that there is a place for in Proverbs, you know, to seek out wise counsel. So that is mm-hmm. uh, it is a manifestation that wisdom, and I think you could call that expertise. Sure. Um, in its own right, there's a skill. There's a skill in life. There's a skill in knowledge. There's a skill in you know in 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 knowing uh, you know how God has designed things and right. how to live according to that. And to to listen, you know, it says. Uh, and I don't remember the exact verse, but, you know, knowledge in the heart of man is like deep water, but, you know, it needs to be drawn out. Wise man drawn out. And so, yeah, and so there is certainly a place that says, um, 
you know, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety or things like that. So I, I need to be seeking godly counsel, and a wise man will hear. And as you're saying, there will be a weight given to those who are manifestly wise or skillful, uh, demonstrably spiritually mature. Yeah. Be fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. And I think, in fact, uh, you know, you're quoting a number of Proverbs there. I think <clears throat> I think there is a, a significant um, incumbency upon Christians who desire to be wise to, to learn to wait counselors. You know, if we're using the mm, word about weightiness, yes. you know, yes, this one, yeah. this counselor over here, I'm waiting him more because he's wise. He's demonstrated yeah. that in his life, that he has a savvy at life. Whereas this guy yeah. over here, he's kind of a fool. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. wouldn't you say that even that same principle might be true uh, in specified areas, recognizing this man is weighty in this area? Yes. But he's not necessarily skillful or knowledgeable in this area over here. And just because he's skillful in one doesn't make him an expert in everything. That's true. Um, and so then... I guess to come back to the idea, and, and maybe, and, and you're helping me as, I, as I'm bouncing this off you and we're talking about it, it's helping me already, um, that maybe I'm conflating, you know, the need for expertise with success, maybe more than maybe. Explain. Um, because I still, you know, I go, I go to this question that says, should everyone strive to be an expert in some area? Um, and I, and part of me says, but, you know, I should be strive to, to be to be an expert or I should strive to be good at something I mean I guess maybe there's the struggle there to say that if I just keep plugging away you know putting out fires and solving this problem and doing this and that um I I, you know, I can personally say I'll just be transparent here I can say on a, on a personal level I feel like I'm really not good really good at anything now, people might say, oh, you're good at music. Ah, I'm a medium fish in a small pond, you know, and I realize that. Um, you know, when, it, oh, well, you're, you're, you're good at this or, you know, what am I good? You know, mechanically, uh, I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great mechanic. Carpentry-wise, pretty inexperienced. Um, you know, I could go through thing after thing and say, I'm just not, I don't have a lot of experience. Now, um, and you're saying I, at some point that bothered you? But yeah, you're coming yeah, to the I realization think, now that it isn't necessary for someone to be an expert at something. Well, I'm still working through it. Some, I guess, it. to say, yeah. And, and now um, to say, and, and I, maybe I don't even know every direction I want to take with this, but um, to, yeah. Um, well, go did, ahead. Let me ask you this. Do you think that it violates uh, our responsibility to be uh, humble people if we develop an expertise in something and to know about it? No, I don't think it violates it because, you know, humility would have to do with uh, what that expertise does to my per, my perception of my importance or right. of my, you know, position above people. I can, I, I can realize that, boy, God's really gifted me with this and not be proud about it. Um, right. And, and I guess part of my answer is that as, as we're talking about this, maybe it's a dichotomy, a proper dichotomy, because we sort of see secular expertise mm -hmm. and then there's spiritual expertise. And in a way, I think God does want everyone um, 
to be an expert in the sense that he wants everybody growing in wisdom. Yeah. And he wants everybody seeking to know him. And the more they know him, the more they become expert at life. And so there is a sense, I think, in which he wants everybody driving to be better, to be better, to be better in that way by knowing him. Right. And and I think that biblical wisdom, I I think the reason why it's so important is that it, it tints the stream of someone's living. Meaning, like if you if you've ever gone upstream to something, you put a few drops of food coloring in it, right, and it starts to run down. Everything mm. is colored now, green or or red or whatever you put in there. It's colored every single thing going forward, whatever mm. it is. It's colored it, and I think wisdom is one of those, shall I say, the principal thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yes, because it informs our ability to make decisions. In anything, no matter what the subject. It could be something about, you know, who you're going to marry or where you're going to go to school or what kind of job you're going to take or whether or not you will wear a mask. Um, Hmm. Wisdom is the principal thing, meaning it is biblical wisdom and maturity that will inform your decision, even if you don't have expertise in that area. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Hmm. And like we said, there's value in asking people who have weighty counsel in that area. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to decide. Mm -hmm. And wisdom is what's going to tint or shade your ability to choose things. So it certainly is so important. And I think think of the word strive in Scripture. Okay, are we supposed to strive after anything? Well, yeah, I think we would see that. Um, You know, Paul strove to, you know, reach that was it the prize of the high calling mm-hmm. of God in Christ Jesus? Yeah. Uh, in Timothy, he said, follow after, you know, righteousness and whatever those things are that he listed. So there's things to follow after. But again, those are spiritual qualities. And so maybe I'm kind of mixing the two up a little bit and kind of washing it back and forth. Um, you know, maybe there's part of it on a, on a man level. Maybe it's a, and I don't, I'd be curious to know if, you know, for those ladies listening to say, is this something that they really struggle with? Uh, is this, or is this kind of a man question like saying, that sense of accomplishment. I need to feel like I'm good at something or I need to feel like I'm better or the best mm-hmm. at something. I need to be viewed by my peers as, wow, he's good mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. You know, is that just a man thing kind of? My, my gut tells at, me it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I kind of think so. But I, maybe there's a place to mix the two, you know, secular and spiritual to say, you know, he's not really good at anything, but he's good at parenting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or he's good at living. Yeah. He um, just seems wise you know, at life. Yeah, right. And there and there is a value that a lot of people probably don't put on that. You know, he doesn't yeah. have this this secular skill, but there is a skill there. And it's not kind of man it's not uh it's not uh recognized uh like other things are. And um and I'm not necessarily forcing myself into that category, though I'd love that to be said of me. And in in my mind, I guess I think well, if I could be a good teacher, mm-hmm. you know, where if I, if I strove to be a good teacher in not just knowledge, but in practice, where people said, wow, you know, I listened to him, I get it, you know, yeah. he can put it in a way that I understand. Wow, what kind of value would that have? How powerful would that be? Um, and when I think about expertise, uh, another thing that comes to mind is that Anybody, pretty much anybody, I would say, that's expert at one thing 
is not expert at a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So it's good for me to realize that, you know, you might talk to somebody and say, man, they are so good at this. You know, they are so good at, uh, you know, computers, but do they know how to change their own oil? Right. You know, or they do this, but do they know how to do this? Right. So everybody has their weakness. And if they're really good at something, it's because they've spent a lot of time on it and it's time that they couldn't spend on something else. Um, so anyway, but it's not like God says that everybody has to be an expert at something other than living and knowing him and right. pleasing him right. and using the gifts that he's given them, which may not be recognized by the world to yeah. a great degree. Yeah. Uh, they just need that, to do uh, what they got to do. That reminds me of that sermon by F.B. Meyer, The Common mm. Task. The Common Task. Yep, yep. Uh, it's not about yeah. doing great things, but doing the common things greatly. <laughs> mm. You know? Um, Good. Yeah, wonderful sermon about just the uh, the idea that faithfulness in the everyday things of walking with the Lord, being filled with the Spirit of God, uh, things that most people just don't notice, Uh that's what makes someone truly great, um, rather than the, the big heroic moves that we all see biographies written about and all these other things. Yeah, even on the yeah, to, as, and I know we need to finish up soon here, but I think even on a spiritual plane, the way that it's cast for us uh, sometimes, or maybe even oftentimes, is 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 in the terms is in big terms. Mm-hmm. Like, man, do you really want to do something for God? How mm-hmm. many of you tonight you surrender? Uh, for God to powerfully use you, yeah. or you know whatever. What what does that mean? Yeah. Well, how how does that relate now to day in and day out and day in and day out? You're doing your thing. You're raising your kids. You're mowing your lawn. You're fixing mm-hmm. your car. You're you're taking care of the maintenance things. Um, and then you begin to wonder, well, how am I being powerfully used? You know, or or am I am I being greatly used of God? I mean, what what am I doing? You know. Yeah. Um, and so anyway. Um, yeah, I think uh, have, uh, the judgment seat will be an eye-opening experience, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I think there will be a lot of people there who were never really known for much. Most people probably didn't even know who they were. And I, I think yeah, they'll yes. be greatly oh, rewarded by the Lord there. And meanwhile, I, I do also think, sadly, that there will be many people who wrote books and became quote-unquote famous mm. and everyone knew who they were and they did big things for God, and, and the Lord's going to say, you know what? You didn't do those things for me. You did those things for you. Mm. So, wood, hay, and stubble. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me kind of uh, uh, unload there, and um, and maybe it's been a seed thought that it'll, it'll take 15 different directions in the, in the minds of our listeners to say, oh, here's a thought on expertise. Well, here's a thought, and I'd appreciate your feedback at reasontogetherpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Let me know uh, what you think about what we've said. Yeah, well, that went really fast. That was a good discussion. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, again, thank you again for being here with us on this episode. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. <laughs>